Uh, Well, let's pray before I begin. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the promise of Christmas and the gift of your Son. I pray that whatever I may say, your word will be heard and our hearts will be open to you afresh this evening. Amen. Uh, Well, hello, Uh, my name's Helen. Uh, I'm a lay lay minister here at St. Barnabas. It's wonderful to be here with you this evening as we meet together on the threshold of Christmas. Over the last few weeks in church, we've been preparing for Christmas by considering the question, what is at the heart of Christmas? I have to say that in our house, coming up to Christmas, we've not focused so much on that question. Uh, Our children and their partners were all with us together for a few days this week, and Tim and I really wanted to get everything right. We wanted it to be a lovely, relaxing family reunion. But surprisingly, things weren't necessarily perfect. Apart from the variable dynamics of any family gathering, we discovered just before everyone arrived that the shower in the attic only worked when a different shower downstairs was on. So people had to arrange to shower simultaneously in pairs, and the person downstairs couldn't finish their shower until the person upstairs texted to say that they'd finished. Uh, So it wasn't really that cool. Um, And of course, COVID complicated everything. There were eight of us in the house, and we knew that four of the eight were hoping to spend Christmas working in hospital or with their own families. So the pressure to avoid giving each other COVID and being locked in together for the whole of Christmas was intense. Uh, So it was a great blessing to have time together, and thankfully, everyone has now got safely to where they should be for Christmas. But it was not a stress-free time. And around us, people close to us were going through life-changing struggles, serious illness, bereavement, family breakdown. And beyond that, there were the endless news reports about Omicron and conflict and suffering around the world. We live in a broken world full of pain and injustice, and it feels like it just goes on and on. As a Christian, I know I can bring things to God in prayer But sometimes it feels like prayer is just another thing I have to do. If I don't pray, how will God know what needs to be done? This is my life, my plan, and God is one of the many moving parts in it, which requires my personal direction. If you look at it like that, it's just exhausting. But more than that, it's just so wrong because I am completely losing sight of what is at the heart of Christmas. At the heart of Christmas is not a God whom we call upon to follow our instructions, who looks to us for direction in how to fix everything on our terms. At the heart of Christmas is good news, 
good news, which is so much better than this. It doesn't matter if you're not a Christian or you've been a Christian for decades. Let's just together this evening take time to rejoice in the good news of Jesus at the heart of Christmas and what it can offer us. Rasheen has just read us that spectacular prophecy which was poured out by Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, just a few months before Jesus was born. Like us, Zechariah's people were facing difficult times. They were subject to hostile rule by the Romans. The temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed but they remained faithful to God, despite there being no word of prophecy, seemingly no sign or encouragement for the previous 400 years. So Zechariah knew all about life in difficult times, but he and his wife had just been blessed with a son for the first time in their old age. So Zechariah pours out that amazing song of praise to God for what he is doing in the world. The opening words say it all. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Even though this is a prophecy, Zechariah speaks with total assurance of God's coming into the world to redeem us all, even though Jesus is not yet born. But what does it mean? Why do we need redemption? Well, Zechariah no doubt had an immediate desire for rescue from the Romans, but his words carry a much wider meaning. God created the world, but through humanity's disobedience, the world and our relationship with God became flawed and broken. But God has promised rescue since the time of Abraham, centuries before, and he is fulfilling that promise by sending Jesus into the world to redeem it, to restore us to a right relationship with him. While Zechariah's words are a prophecy, what we're about to celebrate tonight is the reality that Jesus has come, has taken on human flesh to redeem the world from its brokenness and now remains with us in his Holy Spirit. When we hear the story of Christ's birth in a little while, let's remember that it's not just a great story. Jesus was a real person. Luke wrote all of this as a historical record. Christmas, the coming of Jesus, is a turning point in the history of the world. At the end of the prophecy which Roisin read, Zechariah tells us that Jesus comes to rescue us from the hands of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. So Zechariah is telling us again that Jesus has come to rescue us through his death and resurrection. He's dealt with all the bad stuff, 
that we see going on in our lives all the time. The disappointments, the fear, the pain, guilt, the self-doubt. And even though we still live with these things in this world, we know that they don't win. They will be swept away for good when Christ returns. Jesus has overcome the darkness in the world. He has brought us freedom. But if we still live in a broken world, what does that freedom mean? Well, it means that I don't have to try and fix the world by myself at all, and certainly not by directing God in how to do it. It's God who wants to guide us in what is his story, his grand plan. God loves us, accepts us as we are, and wants to help us, to be in relationship with us. So when we pray, we don't need to put forward a string of requests, although obviously we can. We have the freedom to pray honestly what is on our hearts, to rant and rage and moan and weep and laugh, to listen for the loving care and wisdom of God's voice. I often feel that God is very patiently answering much better prayers than the ones I've actually prayed. And what's amazing is that even as we pray and come closer to him, as we taste freedom and become open to hearing God's voice, we start to become more like him. We start to be transformed, to become people of hope, of boldness, people who walk in the light, even when the darkness is all around us. And that's why Zechariah says, we become people who serve God in holiness and righteousness without fear all our days. And this relationship with God is something that's open to all of us. You can just say, God, if you are real, come into my life. Let me hear your voice. And if nothing happens, then keep on asking. Be persistent, because something will. We'll shortly be coming before God in communion together. But if anything you've heard this evening has given you food for thought, or has simply even just been bewildering, then do give the Alpha, Alpha course we'll be running in January a try, even if you just come for one week to see what it's like. Anne will be giving more details about that. But there's so much in Zechariah's prophecy written in the first century that sits at the core of our faith. Many of us have come tonight with Christmas plans which have had to be unpicked or which maybe are still uncertain. Tomorrow, even as we celebrate Christmas, the challenges of the world will intrude. So let's take the opportunity in the quiet of this evening to treasure 
this prophecy to welcome Jesus as the savior of the world and rejoice in the good news at the heart of Christmas. Amen.